Your neighborhood Chevron gas station invites you to... Let's do it. Brought to you by the makers of climate-tailored Chevron Supreme Gasoline and RPM Compounded Motor Oil. You asked in a rag, you're trying to get out of my face. It's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, MLB. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Alan? Hey, folks. It's your old pal. Wait a second. No, that's uh, that's Mike's intro, Joe and Anita. I think, uh, I think I'm already messing up as the uh, first-time host here. And it, five seconds in, and, and it's already bumpy. No, it's not. All kidding aside, welcome to the soul of Detroit. The yay. normal, yay, the normal host, Mr. ML Elwick. Well, the usual. The usual. Now, there's a copy editor for there's you. There's a copy Good editor call. for Good you. Call on you. <laughs> Before we get to Anita real quickly, Mike is out on the campaign trail. Yes, he is. Sorry, I don't ever want to put you last again like that. He's out on the campaign trail. He's running for what? Governor? No. City oh, Council? City Council District. Is it? Is it four or two? It's four. Maybe it's 24, 42. Look, behind the scenes, normally, Mr. Joe Zuvers, that's with a V, not with a B, is front and center today on the big board, the big boy board. I don't know if he's going to say a word. Go, Uh, Joe. We have a goal, though, to get him to say at least one word, right, Joe? Can you say something? How are you guys doing? Oh. Good to be here. (laughs) We're live election day. That sounds so enthusiastic. So Joe's going to run things, uh, keep, keep us on track here today, and then, of course, the one and only... The only, only. The only, only. Onita Jackson, um, former colleague of mine, because, of course, it's all about me. I'm trying to channel Mike Elwick right right. now. That's right. Free press, free press. We worked together at Free Press. She was uh, one of the best copy editors I've ever known. Used to rip my copy up and make it a whole lot better. (laughs) She's since uh, since she left the Free Press, she's uh, become an author, right? Yes, sir. Written two books. I wrote two books, yes. Uh, We can get to those books in a second. Yes, sir. You drove a cab. I drove a cab for years. But, but, right now. But, 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 right now. What you doing right now? You go ahead and say it. I am an at-large candidate for Detroit City Council. You have to write my name in. I did not make the ballot because I started late and I was running my mouth too much. But I am an official at-large write-in candidate. So you just fill in the circle and write my name in. O-N-E-I-T-A. Jackson, yes. That's so, right. I already voted, so I'm free. I'm free. I'm free to party. You've already voted. I've already voted. I, I, I wa- okay. I want to, uh, real quickly, before I want to talk to you about how this started, what made you, you know, the reason behind this, but real quickly, we are going to, our guest today, by the way, well, no, Anita's the, the, the main guest, but you're more of a co-host. I'll just screw it. You're the I'm host. a guest. You're the host. I'm a guest. You're a guest host. How I'm about the that? Guest. We're going to talk to Mike. We're going to call him. and call, Tell him, Mike, if you're listening, you need to call us so we can see what's going well, on. Well, we can call him. He's not too good with phone. So we'll call him here <laughs> shortly and check in with him. But but first of all, what made you decide to want to run for city council and the way you're running the, the, with the write-in campaign? Talk to us about that a little bit. I decided, well, I had no intentions of running. I had a WDET interview with Pat Batchelor, and he asked me this thing. Like, I had no intention of running. What happened was I was sitting on the bus thinking about all these times that I had complained to DDOT the proper way, dial the number, 933-1300. And no one has ever acknowledged one of my complaints. And this is years worth of complaints. I What kind of complaints? Like uh... Okay, a filthy bus, right? A filthy bus, buses that did not come on time, drivers that were rude, um, buses that didn't even come at all, raggedy buses, just poor service in general. And it's it's disrespectful to the citizens. You can tell a lot about what a city feels about its residents by its public transportation. And I just happened to be, I was on the bus and I'm like, you know, I'm sick of this. Now, here's the thing. When I quit the free press, because I worked there, what, 11 years from, I moved here from DC to be a copy editor, right? So I used to sometimes ride the bus at the free press. I did have a car, but I've complained through if we count, what was his name? Monica Conyers called him Shrek. What was his name? <laughs> um, uh, Elric would know. No, you know, um, Cockrell. If we count Ken Cockrell, I think five mayors. So there was Kwame Kilpatrick, Ken Cockrell, Dave Bing. Um, who else? 
the what's the Archer. Mike Duggan now. And I guess I, I wasn't riding the bus with um, Mayor Archer because I had the, just gotten here. And by the way, real quickly, is this, this was anywhere in the city. It wasn't one particular route or neighborhood. It was. It didn't matter oh, where no, you were so getting. So I on. lived in West Village for okay. seventeen years. Okay. So. Usually the Jefferson bus or Lafayette bus, those two bus routes, routes. Um, but sometimes up and down, anywhere, like I've all over the city, except I don't ride buses in Southwest. But I'll tell you this: so when I quit the paper in 2012, I had been had been considering running for city council. Never told anyone, but a couple people. So I called Mayor Archer, and I was talking to him about it. And at this point, a few years ago. I just wanted to elevate my issue, which is public transportation, because in real cities, it works well. Right. And at that point, you know, he wanted to know. And another friend of mine, Alberta Tinsley Talabi, they were telling me it, it would be good. But why am I running? And I'm like, well, you know, I just want to raise my, the consciousness of people. Mayor Archer said, if you don't plan on serving, don't run. And I said, oh, well, I guess I'm not running. So this year, when I'm on the bus, it was it was an epiphany. It was late, but I knew I could do it and put my heart and my soul and run the campaign that I want. And I did it. I went straight. I was on the bus. I went straight to the Board of Elections on the boulevard, and I got the petition, signed the papers, but I didn't get enough. So then you write what is called a letter of intent. You don't write a letter of intent. You sign one. And that's how you can get on. At, you, be, you can become an at-large candidate. So that's what I did. And the difference is, if I get in, I will serve. So I'm 52, so that's four years. So I'll still be relatively young if, if I were to get in. So I'm, I'm happy. And I do have a campaign manager. It might not seem like it, but I do. And that's the only thing I'm talking about. Because with, I'm going to let you go. But yeah, when, when you start talking about the things that affect the least of these, the little people, then lots of other issues come into play. I mean, well, because you make uh, the the details of, of somebody's day, right? If you can improve those a little bit, it, it, there's a domino effect, mm -hmm. right? It, it, it it's uh, exponential in a way. Can I use that, Miss Copy Editor? Yes, okay. Mr. Reporter, okay. award-winning reporter. Uh, yes, no, you I can. don't know about award. -winning. You're you're confusing me with Mr. Elric. By the way, before we go any forward, <laughs> but this is a terrible segue. I don't want to go from buses. To cars necessarily, but you know, if you're going to get a car, here's a good place to get a car, right, Joe? What do you think? How about that was uh, decent? That's not too bad. How about Roy O'Brien? Over that on, Ford? It's a Ford Ford dealership uh, over on the east side of Detroit. If you're looking for a new ride, service, repairs, or even just a top-notch oil change, Roy O'Brien Ford is the place to go. My mom bought a Ford Focus wagon there. Of course, that's not my mom. That would be Mr. Elric's mom. It's fire engine red because my mom. Uh, is pretty groovy. Well, my mom was pretty groovy, too. And 108,000 miles later, she's still a satisfied customer. And she's not alone. Roy O'Brien has been taking care of customers for nearly 75 years from the corner of Nine Mile and Mac. If you don't quite feel like taking the right track to Nine Mile and Mac, as they say, go to RoyO'Brien.com and check out Fast Track, which lets you choose your vehicle and options. But that's not all. You can pick your deal, lease, finance your cash, get the value of your trade-in, apply for financing, and schedule delivery of your ride. If you go in person, Roy O'Brien Ford is serious about protecting you and their employees. I've been to the dealership. Again, that's Mike, although I, I think I've been to the dealership, too. I recently did the show from the front seat of an F-150, and I can tell you they were taking every measure to protect your health while you explore your options. To learn more, visit RoyO'Brien.com or call 888-566-5851, and be sure to tell them ML's mom, son, sent you. Was that all right? That's great. You know, I mean, you know, I don't know. I you have a nice radio voice. Well, thank you. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not much of a Just thank you. That's all man. you say is I'm not much of a pitch you. man. No, just thank you. And it always gets a little dicey, too, with what, as a journalist, right, at the free press. But uh, the, the, those lines are blurring, as you well know, Anita, right? I mean, yeah, all you have to do is look at our front page sometimes. And sometimes you can't tell what's been written by somebody who's employed there, right? Mm. And what's been written by, and what's copy at, mm. right? What happened to the copy editors? Don't get me started. Come on with the next. What are we talking about? Oh, you can no, now. you can you can talk about that all you want. So so anyway, so tell real quickly before we call Mike, how have you campaigned? What what's it been like to be out there? I'm waving to my friends. Oh, okay. Oh, so I've been, you know, I used to write about myself. Uh, just so if people do not know, I wrote the O Street, the award-winning O Street column. O Street for three years, it began as a blog and became a Sunday, 
opinion column. For I remember which it I well. Won, for which I won copy editor, excuse me, what was it? Columnist of the year for my colleagues. I feel so bad. I didn't even go to the award ceremony. Oh, that's okay. Stairs, that's so. okay. It's nice to get a little Don't love like that, won. though. I'm like, oh, wow. I felt bad. So have you, have you been, I mean, you've been campaigning for how long? I don't know. Just a few months. Just a few months. Just a few months. Um, and can you, this? can, what kind of reception were you getting out there? It, I, I've been amazed by the reception at the grocery store, at Walmart. Like I didn't do door knocking at, because I'm unconventional, obviously, but I sent text messages. Most of my campaigning has been social media and in person when I'm on the bus, when I'm walking down the street, because I don't own a car anymore. So I get around like people were saying, you need to be in the streets. It's like, are you kidding? I am the streets. So at the grocery store, on the bus, walking down the street, when I left the voting this morning, I, I ran into a toothless man in a truck and he said he wasn't voting for anyone. I said, go right now and go vote for me. And he said he would. So the reception from people who like, so here's the thing. I'm not a homeowner, right? I am a renter and I don't own a car. Most of the people voting for me are people who own homes and they have cars. And so they're considerably well off, but they're still voting for me because I'm talking about issues no one really seems to care about. And when I run into Mayor Duggan, I just ran into him at the Detroit Regional Chamber Policy Conference. Oh, my goodness. He scrammed so hard, right? Uh, Mayor Archer had beckoned for me. Yeah, he did. Mayor Archer had beckoned for me to come sit next to him because I was there and I was going, it was time for Mayor Duggan to speak. And I said, I'm going to go be right, right front and center. So it's at the Aretha Franklin Amphitheater. And you know, they have like those three, three sections. Right. So I was scooting all the way down. I was on the second row. And then I was going to sit directly in front of him. Mayor Archer is sitting over there to the right. And he did like this. So I went and sat next to him. When Mayor Archer, I mean, I call him head jive turkey in charge because he talks a, a great deal of jive. And he That's even an old school it, word. It's an, uh, hey, I was born in the 60s, right? So he came off the stage to greet Mayor Archer. And guess who pops up? I said, hi, I ride buses. And he's like, oh, oh, oh uh, I ride the buses too. So then there's Alexis Wiley over there, you know, his right. former chief of staff, now campaign manager. And... Um, he said, well, I, I said, well, you should ride the buses with me. And he's like, well, I, I, I like the buses. I ride the buses. And I don't believe he rides buses because I think if Mayor Duggan rode the buses, we would have heard about it. Like, come on. Right. And then he just scrammed right out of there. So, you know, I'll call Alexis Wiley at some point. But there are people who are afraid to ride the buses. I'm not afraid. Like those incidents where there's something extreme happening. I've been riding the buses consistently now for about 10, 11, 12 years outside of my cab driving. There are not that many times that there is an incident. Most most usual occurrences are when people are playing their music too loudly. Right, or and somebody just starts are, yelling. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. But besides that, as I said, I have so many pictures of just, like, I want... I want people to know it's not okay when coach operators are get, trying to transport us safely from one place to another in the conditions that they have to work in. Like they have these buses that don't even, um, the drivers don't even control the temperature, right? But there are just so many times that, I mean, look, I'm going to show you this. I'm going to show you my and This is how, uh, to, to, I mean, I, I don't think this needs to be said, but I'm still going to say it. this is how people get to work. Right. right? Right, right. I mean, right. This like, is how people get to work. And then there are times when there's a gentleman running for city council right now. His name is Daryl Brown, I think. And he's a city commissioner. He saw me at the bus stop in the wintertime. He saw the bus roll right past me. And he was so nice. He, he said, ma'am, I own this building right here and I live in this area. And I saw that bus drive right past you. I can give you a ride. But I had already called a cab. So you remember I drove a cab for three right, right, years right. after I quit. And I just, I came here to the studio in a cab. Well, how about we call somebody that uh, I think is also probably fighting to improve the bus situation, right? And as far, I don't know if, how front and center has been with this campaign, but we, we, we know. We will he, find out. Yeah, let's, yeah call, let's call him let's so call I Mr. can Elric. ask him when has he been, when's the last time he's been on the bus? And it wasn't a ploy. Yeah, call we'll him. See. We'll see if we have the technology to do that. Okay. On him up right now. We'll see. Yeah. Right. And while while you're doing, I'm I'm going to look for my DDoc complaints because you can just scroll. I have all these numbers. Oh, uh -oh. the phone is ringing. 
This is exciting. Hello? ML, what's up? Uh, I, is this is this Councilwoman Jackson? I've been hijacked, is, by the way. This is Onita Jackson. I am running as an at-large candidate, a write-in candidate for Detroit City Council. Tell us where you are, candidate. And what's ML. going on, dude? Yeah, what's going on? Where you at? Uh, I'm on the phone talking to Sean and Onita. Where? Pretty exciting stuff. You're a little subdued, man. You Come on, subdued. what is it? You're just are you, you overwhelmed? It's not a big enough stage for you. Is that it? We're not worthy. I, I'm just unless I'm just, you're in the uh, studio. I'm just odd to be in the presence of of OJ and uh, and Ron Goldman. I thought you were gonna say SW. Come on, uh, who man. is Ron Goldman? Come on, man. What, what, I know you probably haven't. Uh, what is this? Some porn star? The most star? unfortunate delivery boy ever. Uh, ML, you are corny. Tell us really what's going on on the campaign trail because you're cutting into my time. I have oh, 35 so, minutes. Okay, so we 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 are at a temporary lull. We are uh, we are about to uh, refuel up at Flames P3 on East Warren, just off of uh, Outer Drive. A great uh, place to get some good sustenance. But I need you to have some more energy. Place yeah, this you, morning. Uh, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he's you little, sound drab. You don't man. sound like yourself, man. Yeah, you, you don't sound like you have better you not get slept? it on. You probably haven't slept, have you? Uh, no, I got some sleep. We kind of started at, at around six or six thirty with people coming. Do you, out of the you house have a little cold? Up. You have a little cold? Did the blankie come off last night? And you got a little chilly. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't wish to speak about my sleeping arrangements. I'm a gentleman, so it's uh, and that's gotten other politicians in trouble. Hey, look but, here. Tell me when's the last time you've been on a bus? Because you know my platform is DDOT, improving public transportation, and speaking about the issues that it seems the leadership of the city they don't care about these issues. It appears that way because they put these raggedy buses out. So when's the last time you've been on a bus, ML? It was before the pandemic. For real? Yep. Okay, so yep. you you and I are going to ride the bus because I don't believe you. Oh, well, I'll ride the bus uh, with uh, you whether you believe me or not. Okay, that was a, this is a good answer. This is a very good answer. I said I was yeah. going to give you all good and plenty hell like in the newsroom. So, no, so, so, so we've been going all over. We've been hitting polling places and meeting voters. And, who uh, is we? Not, uh, me and, uh, and members of the ML4 Detroit Justice Team. ML for Detroit Justice Team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also known as your campaign. Yeah, your campaign. We we have a, a committed group of volunteers who have agreed, taken a solemn oath to bring honest change to Detroit politics. We're working on matching tattoos, but for right now, okay, now he just, sounds like we're, himself. We're just that, that going through. Better. We're just going through signet rings, but I, I don't know if we have that in the budget. How are you? Feeling? You know, I'm I'm somewhat frugal. How are you? No, you're not. How are you feeling in your your gut, man? I mean, how are your nerves right now? What's what's your what's your soul feeling like? We've done everything we can to win. We've touched more than a thousand or ten thousand voters uh, through door knocking. I think I've knocked on twelve or fifteen hundred doors myself. We've sent out uh, so we've probably hit six or seven thousand doors since January. We've sent out two thousand handwritten postcards. We've sent out 5,400 absentee motor voter mailers. We have uh, sent out uh, legions of text messages, um, talked to maybe thousands of people with phone banking. I think we've made 4,000 phone calls and connected with 2,000 people. I mean, we have we have connected with everybody. And have all you we're connected to do, with the bus riders, the bus the people who ride the bus, like me? Who's uh, who, for whom public transportation? Dude, I have corns on my toes. It's okay. Step on them. You know me. I don't want to be running for office. So anyone who will take on my issue, I'm all about it. So oh yeah, I, no, we're talking about transportation. We're talking about trying to get bus shelters. We're trying to get uh, things like uh, monitors, so you can tell if the bus doesn't come very often, then you shouldn't be waiting for four hours. If it's only been one bus every two hours. Why should you wait an hour and 59 minutes for it to show up? So we, we want to help it make it easier for people to get around. But one of the main things that I'm talking about is, is trying to get our neighborhoods to a place where you can do everything you need to do within walking distance of your home, mainly because the bus system just isn't, isn't adequate to meet the needs of people who need to go from point A to point B. But to don't you need to make, to make or shouldn't you be, to take care of their family? Shouldn't you be fighting to make it better? That's my whole platform. So oh, I am, yeah. Okay, yeah. well you better because I'm gonna I'm, I'm listen, I'm all over all y'all. Okay. Like tomorrow, my gloves are coming off. And then watch watch this Facebook picture I post tomorrow. 
My gloves are coming off, and I'm going to be smacking all of you people who are going to What do you advance. mean by you people? Yeah, okay. Do you remember? <laughs> I wrote, I was hoping you caught that. I wrote a newspaper column called Who Are You People? <laughs> hey, Mike, in all seriousness, just, just for a quick sec, if we can step aside from the campaign that you're here today and i'm i don't remember the month it was exactly you called me up uh, one day and said you know i think i'm i'm thinking about leaving the free press i think i want to run for city council and the fact that you uh that made that leap i, I feel like to take some guts and some courage to walk away from uh, a steady paycheck like that having no idea what the future is out there but to, and to put yourself out there like you said what 1200 doors that's not easy knocking on strangers doors that right, is right it's just not easy but anyway everything else you've done no, that's fun. That's the fun part. Sitting and talking to people on their porch, being invited in their living room to ask them what they care about, to learn a little bit about their lives. That's the best part of this whole thing, the raising money and all the other stuff and trying to figure out where you're supposed to be and who's going to show up for this and that. That's a pain in the ass. But the, the spending time with people uh, where they live and, and learning about their lives and, and thinking about how you might be able to help make it better. I mean, we got a house knocked down. For a wonderful old lady who's been staring at this raggedy house for years. And now at this time next year, she's going to own that empty lot next door to the house. It's going to cost her a hundred bucks. Her grandkids are going to play there. And I truly believe that if we hadn't come along, she'd be staring at that horrible house that she shouldn't have to stare at after putting in her time and making her house look so nice. Okay, ML, I have a question because you about. were, and you need to do something with your background noise because it's bothering oh, me, it's distracting me. So hey, listen, you, me, Detroit? you were, ML, you were one of yeah. the first people I met in Detroit even before I moved here because you had one of your famous parties um, on my beer. house. Yeah, the yard beard thing, which I didn't understand. You had that on my house hunting trip. And so I've been to your home several times to your house over there on Outer Drive. And what I, you have a nice, neat, it's clean and nice over there. But what do you say to the residents who who are concerned about the trash all over in other places? Because I, I, I know that area over. I know your district. And it's not all super duper clean. No, it's like it's like all of Detroit. It, right. It, 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 it's, it's not a monolith. There are neighborhoods that uh that you aspire to live in there are neighborhoods that you aspire to to move out of and then there's there's most of the neighborhoods which are way better than anybody thinks when people drive through detroit they think well i got to keep going fast it's mainly because our commercial corridors look terrible but if you go left or right off of whittier or left right. or right off of meringue right. or if you turn off a of gunston although gunston looks pretty nice to me uh, in fact i was just cutting a lawn there the other day but okay if you, listen if, we're if gonna you go um, off of those places there are so many beautiful neighborhoods here where people and there's have so many that are homes, not and but, yeah that's right but i'm hanging up things, on you ml because i have 29 minutes and you do this every week we're going to check back in with you probably about five minutes until it's time to go because sean still is going to talk to me about my books and my cab driving and motherhood and some other stuff. So thanks Mike. for letting me take over. I love you. Mike, Hold on. I, got, I got thrown off my own show. Mike, wait, no, Mike. Mike, you I replaced Mike, you replaced you with you. How does that feel? <laughs> Bye. Oh, man, I, I, I got better looking. Oh, well, that's true. Well, that's true. Hey, do you want us to check it with you, right? Or did About you say five minutes? Because I don't know I, what we're doing. Onita's just calling the shots here. I mean, well, right, what you, I, I want to know too you're just is you're trying to hang out. You're riding the tiger. What oh. I want to know too is um, where you're going to be this evening. So we'll call you back before the show wraps up because I have five, ten, fifteen, twenty minutes. Is there a number for my friends to call in? No. Oh, we'll we're, not, we're not really a we're not number. really a calling oh, okay. show. I mean, well, we can call Mike back. I mean, yeah, okay, Mike we're gonna call like you back. That. Bye. Click. Okay, we'll call bye. you back. Hang phone up. I ain't going nowhere. Bye. Yeah, bye. 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 Okay. All right. Hey, before we get that's, to your book. That's pretty cool. And, you know, it, do, it does take guts in, in, in all seriousness. It does. And he, I asked him in a moment, a, a rare moment of humility. But well, we do know he, he is a humble guy. I, when I saw him at the Detroit Policy Conference the other week. Did you just say he was a humble guy? Yeah, he is. Joe. Joe. No, because all the Joe. rest of that stuff is a front. I mean, like I know ML. I know it's you a front. Know ML. I'm just, we, we I'm just playing. Right. But right. did you hear what happened when I asked him uh, a real kind of a real question? I, and he made it about the Deflected. campaign. He mm -hmm. did, and yes. and that's what he does. 
But you're right. He's a very, very um, thoughtful and, and big hearted. And that, that's what I well, wish. And he always has see. been. He hides it with quick his quick wit and all of that. Right. But. And I wish people would see that too, because a lot of people I know don't like him, and like a lot of my friends, like because you know I know all kinds of people. Like, I'm not voting for him. I don't like him, you know, because of you know the 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 pulitzer and stuff. But it's like if you give him an honest listen. You, you, you'll see. But, hey, I mean, a lot of people don't like me either, and, you know, I don't care. It's just like, just vote. Just please vote. It's the same with me, you know. I think out of our five listeners, four of them don't like me. Right, Joe? No, no, you should have more like uh, people like you. You're, yeah. you're a great guy. Uh, no, okay, enough know, of the narcissism. Right, yeah, 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 we, yeah, we got to move on. To... Well, let's do another read, Joe. Are we, can, we, can we handle that? Yeah. How about we go to, uh, well, how about this? How about we thank our sponsor, Hall Financial, for being a great supporter of all the shows of the Red Shovel Network. Rates are currently in the twos. I think that's 2%, even for a math idiot like me. So call today and find out how much a refi can save you every month. Just click the link on our website, which is drewandmike.com. No. ML Solar ML Solar Detroit. Detroit. Well, I was trying to thank the big <laughs> boss here. Sorry about that. Say that again, Thanks, Joe, Drew please. And Mike. ML Soul of Detroit.com. So just click on that link uh, to get started or call 248-308-5000. That's 248-308-5000. And make sure you tell them I sent you. Again, I being Mr. Mike Elwerk. The MLS is 146-7435. Awesome. We good? That was great. Do we need to fix that in post? No. Oh, you be, but how about you just edit me out and it's just Onita? Yeah. Would that be all right? I mean, it'd be a good show. But I think it'd be. No, I we'll... think I think it'd be a great show. All right. So, okay. You back all to, have to have me back. All right. right back. Back it. to Onita. Okay. We said uh, earlier, or maybe I said, how about how about we get rid of the collective and just own the fucking thing? I said own earlier, it. right? You said. I said you'd written two books. Yes. That's a fact. We we don't need to argue. Okay, the first. It is a fact. I'm going to start with the second because I want to talk about the first first. But anyway, so the second was letters from Miss Grundy. Mrs. Mrs. Grundy, sorry. Mrs. Letters from Mrs. Grundy. I'm trying to read through my glasses. And I can't really do that. It's about bad customer service. Yes. And we'll get to that a little bit later. But first, you wrote a book called Nappy-Headed Negro. Syndrome. Syndrome. Nappy-headed Negro syndrome. Nappy-headed Negro, Negro syndrome. syndrome. Yes. And I want to read from a little bit of review. I'm sure you've seen this. Right. Uh, right. I but have I like 105 five-star reviews and But ratings. this just gives you a little bit, just for a little flavor, a little taste of what this is about. And uh, this is one of the reviews. If there were ever a Renaissance woman, it would be Anita Jackson. A jack of many trades, Anita evokes the kind of zeal, I'm sure you guys have been able to tell that already, that is an abiding spirit for equity. It harkens back to self. Jackson's literary loyalty and her journalistic brawn, integrity, adeptness, and alacrity, which appeals to the very present, and it forges full force within her narrative milieu. There is plenty of conflict, plenty of resolution between the pages of nappy-headed Negro syndrome. So that's just one of the hundreds of reviews you're talking about, right? Oh, that's from Eddie Cooper. He lives in L.A. He's a Detroiter. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, when no those wrote, are a lot of big words to talk about a, a, a small book with a lot of substance in it. Right. So so how did this uh, – What tell us what the book is about and sort of how it came to be. Okay, Nappy-Headed Negro in 30 seconds. Syndrome is no, about – Hey, listen, you know I'm an editor. No, I can I'm do kidding. it in 15. I'm, I'm kidding, Look, I'm kidding. It's about kidding. identity, judgment, and assumptions. That's three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so it's about identity, judgment, and assumptions. There's uh, a lot of unconscious bias and microaggressions in the book. And so there are three things that I define as a syndrome. When someone comes to a conclusion about you and they don't know anything about you, this constant communication of the idea that you are outside of the context to which someone thinks you belong, and this idea that you are not exactly where you are supposed to be. And we all have syndromes. I just happen to call mine nappy because there's an inside joke. Very quickly, my mother has curly hair and I have nappy hair. I don't look anything like my mother. So it's an inside joke to me only. But nappy-headed, you'll find that these two words together in the English language are much more offensive than that N-word that people like to be offended by. And I'm not offended by either of, either of them or any of them, rather. But that's what it's about. So... Nappy-headed Negro syndrome. There was a preview edition, which was this tiny, and then there's the complete edition. the The preview edition came out in 2015, and this one came out in 2017. It was written during the time I left the free press. From the let's see, when I quit, when I during the time that I was a cab driver, and it came out of 
my not being able to organize my cab writing because I had this much writing and I mean, volumes and volumes, but what I did, I decided to curate these experience that experiences rather that struck me as odd or weird or strange. And I just made a list of these experiences and I wrote them down. It became part one of the complete edition of the book. Okay, I'd like you to, to maybe share a couple of, of, of anecdotes out of the book. But before you do that, I just okay. want to tell the listeners that this isn't really a conventional book and it, there's not a traditional narrative. It's not, uh, I mean, it is sort of a memoir in a way, but it's, but it's the way you put it together, little anecdotes, they're, they're sections that read like poetry. I felt like I was at a poetry slam for part of it, right? It's old sort of traditional African-American storytelling uh, themes that are, that are used or not themes, but, uh, yeah, definitely mechanisms. Things. How about that? Yes, yes, uh, yes. And it's, just, it's just, it's a mix. It's almost like a, a mixed media, but it's all words. Right. And, uh, and, and there's a, there's a pop and a power that comes from the structure. Thank you. Thank you. So, but before we get, oh, no, you were a literary genius. I'm not, I'm not, watch a, out. I'm not a genius at all. I just like the structure of it, but Thank let's, you. Let's talk about, uh, share a couple of things that are in, in the book, if you don't mind. Okay, so most of the book, I, I like to tell my white friends, allow yourself to laugh, because most of the offenders in the book are white. And when you read the reviews, you it's you can easily discern who's a like white reader and a non-white reader. Real quickly, right. do, you, do you think it's hard for white folks to laugh right now? It is. If they're it, sitting across or sitting or in the same well, they are because the truth is uncomfortable. Although, I mean, I don't know about somebody in general, but, you know, me, I'm comfortable everywhere I go. But it seems people like to be offended and they aren't sure how to express their humanity. You know, it's just like, right, I see an individual. Hey, how you doing? That's really all it is, right? But a lot of people are not. I think the problem is a lot of us are not comfortable with who we are. Therefore, if you're not comfortable with yourself, how can you be comfortable with anyone else, right? So in my book, and, and you know, I have friends, I have Mexican friends, Puerto Rican friends, French friends, people in New York. I have people in other countries. I have white friends. I have stupid friends. Well, my <laughs> friends aren't stupid, but, you know, I know people who are stupid, but everyone I know is a genius and everyone I know is beautiful. All my, all people I know. And it's not really my problem if you don't know that. So what I tell people, enjoy the book. But receive the truth because this is it's nonfiction, right? So, for example, um, what I found is the white people, they're uncomfortable laughing, but I'm like, go ahead and laugh. But it's just to raise the consciousness of people. Just read the book. You don't ever have to talk about race. But if you read my book, you'll just read the story. So I'll just go through some of these quickly. The first piece is called Learning a Wing or Two. And the offender in this piece is actually a black woman. And it's as simple as... I asked her how much a chicken wing was, and she told me they didn't take the EBT card. That's the first story. Obviously, I don't write it that way. You want to explain to our listeners maybe who, what, what an EBT yes. card is? This is, this is maybe some don't know. The equivalent or tantamount to food stamps, if you all remember what food stamps were. We have what's called EBT bridge cards. So instead of ask, answering my question, the woman looks at me. And that's, see, that's the and only assumed thing. you were on food stamps. This is the only thing, the only thread in the book is that I'm brown and how people react to me. I don't draw any conclusions for the reader. You know, I just tell you the story and you figure it out, right? So I asked how much is a chicken wing? And she said, we don't take that. So now this has happened to me again when I was at the grocery store. So now I've elevated my consciousness to ask people, why did you ask me that? Like there's one where I'm at the movie theater and the cashier is a black woman. And I tell her, I want two tickets to see the movie. And she goes, that's an Indian movie. And I simply say, two tickets to Queen, please. The thing is, it's also a manners book. I mean, there's so many layers in my book. I have friends that tell me they'll read it from time to time and see something different. So in that case, all she had to do was her job. I wouldn't have 50% of this book if people who worked in service she did what they give she me made two the tickets. Assumption. I, well, and guess what? Like, why do you want to go see that? It's a My white movie, basically. She, it, no, it was Indian. Oh, was, I it thought was you a, said it was the queen. No, I read in the book no. it was the queen. No, see, you got to read it again. Every word you have to look at. What happened? Did I not is, see the queen? So there's a book. This movie was called Queen. Oh, Queen. Sorry. Queen sorry. is an Indian I, movie. I, I added there's the, a the movie. in there. My see, bad. See, you did what my other white friend Mike did. 
There's a movie called The Queen with Helen Mirren. Yes. This was Queen. This is an Indian, like, Bollywood movie. Right, right. Right? So there's that. Um, then there's a a piece called The MF with the Shoes where I go, where I'm driving a gentleman to the airport. He had on nice shoes. I said, what kind of shoes are you wearing? And he said, they're very expensive. Okay? So there's, you wouldn't you wouldn't know or be interested? I just, he had nice shoes. I just asked him for a name. Why did he eliminate? Why did? Why couldn't he just tell me the name of the shoe, right? Because he didn't so, see you on the same level, right? Right. So what becomes apparent, because people read the book and they have to go back because there's a very slow build. It's like, it's cute in the beginning, right? But it's like, wait a minute. I have to go back and read that. Then there is Job Search for Tomorrow, where I met Neiman Marcus looking for my friend Muffy. And the woman asks me if I'm applying for a job. And I dressed the way I am now, sneakers, short shorts, and a T-shirt. I don't know who goes to Neiman Marcus dressed that way. So that's so those are some of the things in the first part of the book. The second part of the book is reactions to the first part, where people ask me, you know, how are you writing a book called Nappy-Headed Negro Syndrome and you wear a perm and some other things. But then part three of the book is where I introduce letters from Detroit Free Press readers. And the interstitial there is, where have all the races gone? So what's interesting here is a lot of my progressive and liberal white friends, they would never think that they're racist because they don't say the N-word or they believe you know, in equality for all people, but yet they communicate to me constantly that they're racist. And I'm like, it's okay to be a racist. You just have to know you're a racist and don't bother me. You know, do not bother me. But they don't even acknowledge that they are racist. So in the third the third section And 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 do you have a, a example or two of that? Of my friends. Okay, so here's one. Without names, we don't wanna without names, I'll just say this. This book was written about strangers, but I was in the free press newsroom one time and I was walking up the stairs and some woman who was a white woman was walking behind me and she said, Don't you look nice in your Diane von Furstenberg like dress? Right? With the like. With a like. Right. So we're not analyzing that. What we are analyzing is when I said, don't I look nice in my Diane von Furstenberg dress? She reached in my dress to look at the label. So the assumption was, how could you ever afford that? I don't know. So, so, so here's the thing. Sean, you worked in the newsroom. I worked in the no, newsroom. No, I would never grab no, somebody's. We, I, I would, uh, no, of course not. We worked in the newsroom. I was an editor. You were a reporter, okay? We worked in the newsroom. You don't need to be wondering how I'm I'm affording anything because I work in a newsroom. I make a lot of money. But it's not. The thing is, she felt, she felt it was okay to do that. Yeah, as if That's you were what, a prop, right? Yeah, but it's like, first of all, you diminish me in your eyes with the like, right? Why did why couldn't she just say you look cute and leave well, it at or that? Just, or nice dress. Nice nice dress, right? But that like tells you that someone someone's need to show your inferiority, right? And this has happened a lot, you know. Another person in the media, another white woman had lunch with me and asked me, "Do you really wear all those expensive clothes you write about in your books?" That's some racist shit, okay? Because you think that I'm inferior. Why are you child? I don't give a fuck what you're wearing, lady, at all, right? So, but she felt this is the thing. You think it's okay to ask me that. This is a problem. It's not okay, right? So I have countless examples, but I'm working on a book. The new project is called Clarified Butter. And Clarified Butter, this is a people that I do know. I won't name any names because I like to spare people, but um, let me get something for uh, from from the book from the section the the readers. Let's see. You want to hold that thought for just a second. I will hold that hold, thought. Hold that thought because because mm -hmm. I, before we uh, because we yeah, only we, have eleven minutes. Well, we yeah. Well, no, we we can we can go over a couple of minutes and okay. we we got to play a song that's in honor of you and Mike. I'm trying to keep everybody happy here, uh -oh. and, and I want to finish this up. But just how, how we oh, can kind of how we can kind of okay over here, Onita, over here, over, over here. here. I'm with yeah, you. I, if, oh, yeah, there we go. Um, no, I want to talk a little bit of how we can talk, right? Mm -hmm. How so, we talk so, is so, just so, share our stories. Yeah, and and let's get to that in a second. But you said okay. clarified butter. It made me think of the butchery, Joe. Oh. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I assume they probably use clarified butter. All I know is the butchery is an old sponsor the now. They don't he, use clarified butter. No, no, no. They do not. But they cook. And, it, you know, clarified okay. butters, right? All right. All okay. right. I'll let you you mentioned the Indian movie earlier. They like butter. to clarify. Okay, go ahead. They go clarify ahead. butter anyway. Anyway, they're back with us. And uh, they were back in the studio, right, last week, Joe? And they brought all sorts of. He sent you Dave, home with, like a bunch of burgers. A bunch of these. Uh, the the yeah, it was ground up brisket and, and bacon, and I think short rib in there, and yeah. got the got, smoked them, and they got the nice sear on the cast iron. Oh yeah, they were delicious. In any case, uh, so here's 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 the read for the butcher. He wants to keep it simple, right? They, they need they need folks. They want they want to be able to, to pass out those great goodies out there, and they need they need a little more help doing it. So uh, they are now hiring. And you can go to the butcherysl.com. It's, uh, you can call. It's 248-682-COWS or 2697. They're closed Mondays and Thursdays. Um, as Dave says, this is sweet and simple. They have prime meats. And uh, you, can, so you can go up there and get a beautiful butch, butchery, I don't know what, steaks, chicken, all that, all that good stuff, right, Joe? Or if you want to go work there and help them out, again, butcherysl.com, 248-682-2697. Uh, there we go. We can we can vouch for them, can't we? Oh, they got great meat. Oh, it's well, delicious. Why, why aren't they here today? I would like uh, a burger. I we'll come back. Meat. They'll be back. Okay, okay, okay. You know, if Dave hears this, he'll probably he, maybe he'll bring in one of those burgers. I'm telling you. Okay, I'll wait around. Okay. Dave. Okay. All right. Hey, uh, we we're gonna get to the song here in a second uh, for the room seven six zero nine, which is you know Mike's thing, and we argue about it every week about what's new wave and what's not. Room seven six zero nine. I don't know. It's all it's all good. But uh, you real quickly, your clarified butter. I'm working um, a nonfiction book. More more. This might be more commentary and essays instead of just the stories because I need to make it plain, clarify, the issue of. Um, manners, race, what's okay, what's not okay. Not lifting somebody's dress up. Right. I mean, a well, lot she of... didn't lift my dress up. She looked in the label. Um, oh, even when I worked sorry, at, sorry about that. Yeah, even when I worked at Grey Ghost and I had on my Burberry blazer, four different white broads in one evening told me they liked my blazer. It looked like Burberry, which is Burberry, of course. So, so Anita, for for us and by us, I mean white folks. I mean, a lot of this has to be common sense, right? And it's not fair. It is manners. It is, it is, and you have to sort of stop and think. And and it's not black folks' job to to teach white folks. We got to have to figure this out. Well, if and you just stop have... and think and use and use some common sense. Having said that, though, yes, sir. I th- I do think a lot. You you used the word awkward earlier. Mm-hmm. And I do think a lot of people nervous are, are nervous or or downright scared or intimidated. And don't know how to talk. And I remember. Um, why? It, why? Well, why? Look, why are you scared to talk to another human? It's like the stupidest stuff I well, ever. Well, I know heard. it is, and it's just easy. because you don't know any black people. I mean, I can just. But just no, and stupid. I think, and I think that's everything. And you're right. I remember in 2016 at the Republican convention. I want to say it was 2016. So well, Trump. So, okay, look, so wait, wait, wait. So Trump was running the Daily Show or some show like that. It sent a correspondent there, you know, and they were having fun and all that. And mm-hmm. and the correspondent was black. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say it was a woman, and a white woman walked up to her almost in tears, and said, please, I, I, help me. I don't know how to talk. <laughs> and she was literally breaking down that she didn't know how to have a conversation, like a simple, basic conversation. And I don't, And she ain't alone, right? Okay, so listen. I, wait, I'll come I don't know back. if you've ever had that experience or no, not. Let me t- yeah, let me tell you why I'm laughing. <laughs> White tears. White fragility, right? Exactly. Listen, listen. Anyway, listen. the thing, the reason I'm laughing is my son, after George Floyd, and maybe I'm trying to think, it was a sweet spot where you could still go out. My son lives in Cincinnati, and uh, I don't know if you could be masked or whatever, but my son was in a restaurant in Cincinnati, and he called me. He's like, Mom, Mom, this white man just came up to me and he put his shoulders on me. I was in the bathroom, and he's just like, I'm sorry, sir. And we fell out laughing. That, no, I, <laughs> I've read like, story after story he, after story of that. He happened. just started. It's like, yo, what kind of people do you not know? It's just people are people. You know, good morning requires what? Good morning. In Detroit, it's what up, though? Or you all right? How you doing? I mean, it, it's, it's just like, it's, what it, kind of humans have you been exposed to no, in your life? No, and it's all about experience. And I've talked a lot about because I spent a lot of my life in the South and, um, it's Southern hospitality, but if you have good but manners. Share, but white and black folks shared things a little differently in the South than they do up here, and I know that comes to a lot of that comes to the surprise of a lot of white progressive up progressives up north who 
who don't understand that when you when you break bread together, they don't. You know, black and white folks don't pray together in the South. That's still segregated, right? But but you, by and large, but you eat together down there, and they share. All I know a is in a different humans, way. Listen, let me tell you something. I wash my hands before I eat. Okay, I've babysat little white kids. Um, other, I, I, just people are people. So if if if, well, let me just tell you this. Let me back up. I have a lot of black friends who don't have friends that are other. Like, cause I'm always talking about, I mean, you know me, you look on my Facebook page. I have the United Nations of friendship, but sometimes right. when I'm talking, I'll just be like, yo, black. my friend, my friend, my friend, my friend, period. And it's like, oh, I know your friend was white. It's like, you don't have any white friends. So I have black friends who do not have other. And I don't know where it was. And it might be an art thing because artists, which I am too, right? Artists just receive the art, you know, musicians, writers, painters. Well, they get out. Thinkers, you get out in the world in a different way, for you sure. Get out in the world. Well, a what about your way. black friends who don't have any white friends? Do you see? I similar... just ask them. I'm just like, yo, you, how you ain't got no black? How you, how you ain't got? This is how it is communicated. Not why don't you have any? Like, how you ain't got no white friends? Like, I don't understand that. But I, and what's I the realize answer? What's my the world because they just don't. And I think if I had not worked in a newsroom or because I went to all black schools growing up, but I still had a few white friends, but in Washington, DC, I didn't have, I had like one white friend or, or some people I had colleagues that I worked with, but that wasn't my circle. But when I come here, I'm, I've been here 20 years, especially as a cab driver. I mean, I have friends all over the world now because they sat in my cab. So it's just, I don't know. It's just interesting. It's, where you go and what you're open to. No, right? that's so true. But do you see do you see similar assumptions from some of your black friends that don't have any white friends? Oh hell yeah. About white people. Oh hell yeah. That yeah, aren't yeah. necessarily Right, right. Cause sometimes I'll tell you know, some I'm like, yo, that's not I'm like, that's just people. That has nothing to do with white people. Like my my whole thing is there are only two kinds of people in the world. Cool people and not cool people. That's it. Right? <laughs> I, I, They're stupid I, yeah. people and not that's it. This is how my friends and pe are. And, pe and people, and I don't like to say stupid people. I, mean, I do because there are but, a lot of very stupid but that's people. But to stupid. me, though, you know what? I'm going to be real. That's not their fault. Well, it if is somebody, their fault. It's like it it's not my fault that I don't understand exposed. math the way Einstein did, right? That's no, not my fault. No, no, it is your fault you're, if you're you are not uh, uh, ignorant. Now, that may, that's different. You, listen. Because you can go teach yourself. You, but if you this, can't process you, information in a certain way, that ain't your fault. That's your brain, can't, that's your brain wiring, right? No? Listen. We have all, maybe you're right on that, but we live in the information age and you can't be stupid in 2021. You just can't. You cannot be ignorant and willfully ignorant in 20, because every, all the information is at your thumbs. And so the problem becomes like, for me, my son is 27 years old and he's black and we've never had a conversation about race. The idea purportedly about race, because we don't have to. From the time, you know what? This is a good time while we only have a few minutes left to tell you. My son is 27 now and he lives in Cincinnati. We have more than a few minutes. When, by okay. Way. When he was a kid, uh, my boyfriend's asking for the link to the um, the radio show right now. Um, when he focus, was a kid, focus, focus. I'm focusing. When my son was a kid, <laughs> I used to talk to him about people. And I, the first thing I said was, hey, Jamie. There are all kinds of people in the world. And then I went through, some people have hair like your grandmother. Some people have hair like me. So, and I went through hair. I went through arms. Some people don't have any legs. Some people speak with an accent. Some people's hair is gray. Some people write. But I went through the whole people, right? As he was older, right, I started adding more to it. But let me tell you two things. One, we, we used to watch the Olympics together, the Parade of Nations, because I wanted him to see what people look like in the world. And this was a part of his education for me. And guess what? The Washington Post, probably when he was 8, 9, 10 in that area, they had they used to have something called the Kids Post in the back page of like the style section, I believe. And they had this same thing. I don't know why people were calling me on my radio. They had the same thing watch the parade of nations with the Olympics with your children so they can see what nations people throughout the world look like. So that's one thing. Now I'll tell you when I knew I had done a good job, my son and I stepped out of the elevator at the Martin Luther King library in Washington, DC. You listening? I am. Mm -hmm. 
and there was a man who's hydrocephalic. I've never seen right. a hydrocephalic man in my life. So as the elevator doors were opening, we could see people in the background gasping as this man walked by. And I'm holding my son's hand. He's about four. And we walk off the elevator, and I say, hello. And my son says, hello. That was it. There was no blinking. There was no... You know, ugling, I think that's the word. I'm not so even sure. at four, he, he knew how to react. Right, because it's just sun. There are all kinds of people in the oh, world. And, and that's and the they're thing. different and they're beautiful. And, people are the same no, and different. That's been the, the message from the beginning. I've been trying to steer my column that way in the last year or so. Just, and I'm sure some readers wouldn't agree, you know, because I do have to have an opinion as a columnist, obviously, and have something to say, but just. I think we have a whole hell of a lot more in common as people than than we don't. We all want we more do. or less the same now, stuff, don't we? Is my mic going? Oh, yeah. we do. So we, here's the thing. Cause I, it's easy to forget that. After you wrote that column with, is it Vince? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And remember I wrote you and I'm like, you need to read my book because you don't need to talk about black this, white this, Asian this, Chinese this, black. Because I had a problem with your column. I'm like, he got it all wrong. But now we're talking and I'll tell you what you got all wrong because you don't always have to focus on the race stuff. Just tell the stories, really. Then Because when you start talking about these stories and I tell you my story and you tell me your story, it's like, oh, okay. We're sharing stories with an understanding because... I did a lecture last year before the pandemic at Oakland, I think Oakland, some kind of college, University, Oakland Community, I think. My friend Barbie Hogue is a math teacher, professor there, and she invited me. My topic was how to talk about race. Don't. And it was explosive because you just share stories. But you're still, I mean, but right, you do, but, you're, but there's there, still but a context and you're still talking about a, it. Right. And what but I wrote about like Vince, Vince... Today we're right talking what, about race. But what I wrote about Vince, who grew up in Alabama, and it was a story about Vince and his closest friend as a it child... It was a nice story, too. ...who was white, he wanted to come to me to say, hey, look, this is this is how it can be. Right. This is how it could be. Right. And then he took... Now, I've heard... He's took some taken some criticism. I've heard from other black folks who think he's a certain way, Right. Because no, they're no. making assumptions about that's him. Exactly you don't know right. anything about you. Don't know shit about like he's me. He's too friendly with white folks. I've actually heard that. You know? That's that's the stupidest because these are ignorant people. These are tiny minded. But you people. know what I'm talking about. I do. My family's from Alabama. Yo, let me tell you. We go to Alabama. Everybody is like, hey. No, it's black. true. What the iced tea is sweet. The food is good. Um. Oh my God, I gotta tell you the story. That's what I was trying to say earlier about yeah. the South. It's it, it's the, there's a connection but it there. It's Southern hospitality and manners. And if we just remember in general to have better manners that's the thing i write etiquette books because you don't have to always have to rip somebody apart just where are your manners and i think i always tell people i think if donald trump had better manners he would have won because when he ran the first time i saw my girlfriend she she was like oh hillary's gonna win in the morning she's a, an, an economist in washington dc at the bureau of labor statistics and i said you people there i go again I said, you people are going to be very surprised when you wake up in the morning and Donald J. Trump is the president of the United States. And people were shocked. So that shock tells me you don't know anything about the United States at all. Yeah, when when he won Vince, uh, speaking of Vince Ellis, real quick, he, he called me up. We were on the phone. And he said, welcome to the party. Exactly. Meaning white people. Yeah. Right? White progressive people. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then when you read like, this these... is this is and I don't want to get off on a political thing here. Right? But, right, but, but you're right. But your point about manners and getting back to that. And if he had the thing about Trump, it was was tricky is because a lot of people liked him for not having manners. Right. Yeah. But that's just but this, he might have appealed to a slightly broader swath in the middle if he had a few if more he manners. Had so, better manners. So, right? no, that's that's a good point. In any case, let's uh, talk about my racist readers. Well, no, what, what's that? I want to talk about my letters, my okay, racist. Okay, but I readers. need to do a quick read here. You do One, your quick read. Quick it's read. We'll get back to, to that. Get off, isn't do it? we need to? Do we need to play the song today, Joe? What song is it? And then oh. we have to call ML back. No, yeah, we do. Oh, we still got to do that. We might have to. We play can't. We can't do. We can't skip rooms. Seven six on. You want to read after or before the song? Uh, do the read because. Wait, wait, wait. You want to read? Sorry, Onita. Um, let's do it after. Okay. <laughs>
Okay, Joe and Anita. This is this is definitely uh, new wave. The selection I have for you here today. It's not American New Wave. It's British New Wave. So I hope that keeps Mike's happy. Mike happy. However, this is kind of a was a sort of a hit. So he probably won't like that. But you know what? He's not here, and we're going to do what we want today, right? I I agree. So here's Depeche Mode's uh, Policy of Truth in honor of Anita. Uh, policy of truth because you know I saw I heard the word the word truth and I associated with Anita. By the way, is our uh, is our you. guest back? Is he out there? Did we get him on the line or no? Are you there, Mikey? I'm I'm here. Sorry. Get that, your life, ML. Get your life. That was Depeche Mode's uh, policy of truth in honor of Onita, who is a truth. You too, Mike, because you're a you're a truth meister. Onita is too. So oh, I uh, love that you, American New Wave. No, I think Depeche Mode is British, but that's okay. Oh, you know. I don't know. In any case, can you give us a quick wrap up of uh, of how it's going and where you going? Onita and I wanted to know where you were going to be tonight. And what you're going to be doing? Are you going to be eating sure. more pizza? So, so we're going to hit some more polling places. Actually, we just finished. I just finished the Detroit. It was outstanding. I have to take you here. But uh, yeah, we're going to hit some more polling places. 
uh, meet some more folks, just met a family who came in to get some good food and they're heading out. And uh, we will then, um, you know, work the polls and check in with our volunteers until the end of the day. We just put together a new document that we've been sharing with people on how to put their claims in for the flood. Everybody listening, you need to get your claim in by August 9th or you're going to miss out on it. And one thing, this was a great story written by Christine McDonald in the Free Press. FEMA almost automatically denies your claim, yep. and you have to appeal up to three times before you can get some money from them. And sometimes you can appeal the amount of money they say they're going to give to you and get more of it. So, uh, okay, so check thanks, that out Amel. in the That's free press. useful information because most of my friends are homeowners. I think I might be the only renter, maybe two people. I'll let oh, my yeah. friends know because that's been a concern on the campaign trail. Well, renters are eligible, too, and you should put your claim in with Detroit Water and Sewerage, with Great Lakes Water, and with FEMA. Okay. So I'll let get that know. money. And and where are you going to be this evening when poll, when the polls close and you're watching results? Do you have a headquarters where people are yes. going to come? Where is that? Yeah. Tell the we're going to be We are going to be at – the line was breaking up there. We got a bad connection there. That's okay. I, where, where are you going to be, bud? I want to invite everybody to join me at. Oh, you're real funny. Okay. Oh, so, hey, got another call coming in there. Sorry yeah. Okay, ML, yeah. we get it. In private, just you look, man up. Just say it. I'm going to be watching it in private. I think we're probably going to be at the Cadu Cafe. Oh, so you're not going to be at the top of the Renson looking down on the looking down on the rest of us. No, no. I'm do you looking think up or do you know? Fellow... Listen, do, do you think or do you know? As a copy editor, your precision with words continues to be uh, admirable. She switched usual to normal earlier at the no, beginning I of the show. normal to usual. Normal to usual, sorry. Normal, and now she switched it again. Usual. Yeah, no, she was right. She's always right. I will be there. I will be, be at the, the Cadu Cafe. Cafe. Okay, we are you hoping heard it that here. the results come in. All right, you heard it here, folks. ML is going to be at the Cadu Cafe at 8, and um, I'm going to probably be watching the Olympics. I'll wake up in the morning, as I did when Donald Trump was the president. Uh, I'm just going to wake up and see what happens. Are you comparing Mike time. to Donald Trump? Hey, hey yeah, listen. Like, hey, let's, let's roll that one back. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm we'll, we'll, we'll get that out in, uh, in, in post. No, we won't. Listen, listen, brother. Good that's luck. That's what I always say, and that's what Mark always says. Yeah, right. <laughs> good, uh, good luck. Enjoy yourself tonight. Enjoy the moment. No matter what happens, right? Hey, and you know what? This has been uh, an incredible life experience. I met a lot of people. I've always loved and been up to you. about Detroit and and seen seen some things here that give me more hope than I ever had before. So, uh, and I was very hopeful before. So, yeah, this has been great. If it ends today, so be it. The people have spoken. I won't be storming anything, but uh, <laughs> I hope we live to fight again. And I know uh, Onita, whether she prevails in her writing campaign or not, will continue to be fighting to make a positive change. That's right. And uh, and if she's not still on the ballot and I'm still on the ballot, I think uh, she'll be giving me some advice. And uh, if I don't take it, then my involvement with buses will be I'll be underneath one. That's right. Okay. Thanks, ML. Thanks, thanks for Mike. Having uh, me. We'll see you soon. Right, and thank uh, you, okay. Enjoy yourself tonight. All right, bud. Ciao. Ciao. Okay, is he gone? Or is he just going to torture us with the background noise? Hey, all right, before we uh, shoot, I think we wait a little bit too long here, Joe, but we'll, we'll get this in. It's uh, last is not always uh, least, right, Onita? That's right. If you're, uh, if, if, you, if you're like me and you know almost nothing about nothing or nothing about everything, right? How's that go? You're the copy editor. You're supposed to fix that. And you need to uh, say a little bit of understanding of how the markets work, or maybe how to invest a little bit of your savings. You've worked hard. You save a little money. Uh, Luke Nowacki. I think can help out with that. Uh, how about this, Joe? Overreaction is not the strategy for the long-term investor. No. Neither is burying, burying excuse me, your head in the sand. That's a cliche, uh, I think, but that's okay. I need to allow it. And hoping it all turns out for the best. Call my friend Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748 for rational financial advice. You know, you're trying to save a little bit more, navigating the coronavirus. Yes, it's still out there. There are variants out there. It's... You know, we're a lot better uh, in that regard, but, you know, who knows? What does this mean now and six months from now, six years, stocks, bonds? Do you move your 401K, your college savings plan? Is your company in the right investments? Is your pension funds meeting its projected return? Get advice. Get a strategy. Call Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748, and he will help out in every way he can. 
Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. We good there? Yeah, we're good. Don't make it all about you, sweetheart. <laughs> That's all right. You can, you can, uh, he'll, he'll add that in post. They're, they're these little... You know, I know what post is. Mm-hmm. Well, I know you know what post is. It's just that was a, I don't know. In any case, all right, Joe. How about we get to? Well, okay. Do you have anything before we wrap this up? You said you had one more thing you want to talk about. I don't remember. But you don't remember. O n e i t a Jackson. Can, uh, will you come back again and join us? Of course. It's been a. Uh, it's like been old fun. times in the free press, no, man. I love been, you, man. Been, Thank you so pleasure. much. And by the way, I just want our listeners, if there are any still with us, well, they probably should be for Anita. She used to march over <laughs> from the copy desk, you know, and she was not your uh, regular copy editor. I mean, she was great and tough, but she was, uh, she just, as you can hear, and you've heard for the last hour, so all this energy and charisma and, uh, you know, everybody else on the copy desk was kind of sit there quietly, right? It attracts a certain kind of personality, sort of somewhat subdued. You focus in. You're, you know, gr- grammar is like math in a way, right? And you get, it takes a tremendous amount of focus. But Anita would be it's like, It's oh. more than grammar. Less, uh, the, the, the copy editor challenges the essence and truth of a copy. No, a no, copy. for sure, for sure. Okay, just because people I'm not, think I don't I want to diminish copies. it. You know, people copy editors are copies. critical. Yeah, well, they're critical. Crucial. And at the free crucial. press. Crucial. Not critical. Crucial. Well, I would but say critical. I would say crucial both. Crucial yet critical. I would say both. All right. But that's okay. It's a special skill set that most people don't have. I used to say, Anybody can be a reporter, but you can't be a copy. Oh, that's true. That's true. Anybody can be a reporter. Not everybody can be a writer. Not everybody can be a writer, though. There's a difference. Yes, sir. And you you are one of the best writers. Yep. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Mike is a. That's no B. What's Charlie's thing called? No BS. No BS. Mike is a a better uh, reporter. In any case. It was a pleasure working for. No, wait, you got. I used to come over to the copy desk and. Oh yeah, and just, just start singing right sometimes, or just the sunshine would be coming out, and usually there was a huge, there was a big smile. So you're thinking, okay, she she liked it, but then she would sort of very gently, believe it or not, as much as you've heard today, she was actually quite uh, subtle. Even you know, it was like crushing up aspirin and just mixing it with grape jelly, and then she'd just kind of come around and slip that down and. Uh, and your copy was fixed, and you didn't. Your, your pride wasn't really that wounded, except right? the people I didn't like. I was, I was, I was polite. He'll tell you too. Like if I didn't like you, I would be so polite. But if I, I would give you a tough time if if you were great, like right, like Windsor a good coach, one of the best. Windsor like, Schaefer, well, Ulrich used to get on my nerves. Like a but, good, uh, yeah. like a good old school coach. Yeah. Okay, so Joe, how do we, uh, how do we donate? How do we? Uh... Um, ML solvedetroit.com. There's a donate button up on top. Um, if you want to go ML for Detroit um, and uh, otherwise merchandise on Drew and Mike store.com. Um, all the ML swag. And uh, that's about it. ML has swag. Well, he does. I, have I have yeah. No hoodies, swag hoodies. We got to, we got to get a need a little bit of the swag. Well, you should no subscribe, swag. share, rate, love stuff. the show. Right. I don't think we have any feedback today. The feedback of course was, was Mike's out on the trail. I mean, we'll, we'll get to some of that uh, next week. Program notes, odds and ends. We, no, it's just Anita. This is listen. It's this election is the election day. day. We don't need. Live, we don't go need. Vote. Go vote. Those are the odds and ends. Yeah, vote. Right, right, Thank right. Thank you. And it takes every kind of people. That's right. That, we'll, we'll leave you with that, and then also to say the Red Shovel Network uh, makes this possible. Listen whenever you can to Charlie Ladoff's No BS News Hour, and of course every day the Drew and Mike podcast. Thanks for letting us all be thanks, here. Thanks, Drew and Mike. It's fun to ride your coattails, although Mike wouldn't probably like that any much. In any case, thanks again, Anita. Thank, Thank you, you Joe. Thank you, Cyrus, Joe. take us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Listen again next week, same time, same station, to Let's on. do it. It's the Red Shovel Network. Broadcasting system.